Game seven, the Dallas Mavericks season comes to an end, but there's an insane amount of things to talk about. So many storylines just from this game alone. We'll break it all down. Game seven right here. I'm just going to save all my thoughts for the actual <laughs> video. You'll hear them on this episode of Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. from way downtown it's a seven point game this episode is brought to you by locker room download the app and join us this week to get out on the action locker room changing the way we talk sports and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and coordinator for the lockdown podcast network and joining me as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Game 7 savant, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Is it, is it sweet? No, it's not at all. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it sucks, man. Uh, I think every year it sucks when your team doesn't lose, win the finals, <laughs> for sure, uh, whenever they do get put out. But uh, it's another year, another year of a Maverick season that comes to a close. But I think, you know, more than ever, I think this is or more than ever over the past since the past, uh, I guess, since Luca's draft that, you know, we're entering an offseason that's going to be massive. Huge. Uh, the biggest Rick Carlisle problem. after the game, you know, said that some big changes could happen. I think everything we're going to hit all of it on this podcast. Our pods do not go anywhere. We've already gotten some tweets every year. We get the tweets after the last game of the year. And it's like, hey, are you guys like still doing pods? I'm like, yeah, we actually just entered year five of doing <laughs> daily podcasts. And this is actually where it gets weird and funky and we pull out all kinds of random pods. But we'll hit everything as far as free agent targets, trade targets, who's going to stay on the staff and everything hey, this week. Hey, answer this question. Can you guys talk about yes? What if, can you guys talk about yes? Yep. Can you guys yes. We will continue to do 5 shows a week until the real the NBA lull, which I guess is late August this year into September maybe. We'll, we'll maybe go down to 3 shows a week, but in the past and past years we haven't done that. So uh, even when the, there was a long off season and all that. So we will continue to do five shows a week. Today's episode, we are going to talk about and break down the Dallas Mavericks 111 to 126 season ending game seven against the Clippers, where it went wrong, kind of give a, you know, put a bow on the series a little bit uh, and just go back and it all the way. It's like, I was, I've been thinking a lot about game three today, game three, the oh, Mavericks. Yeah. I feel like really, really, that's a, that's going to be a huge. What if we'll probably do this off season. Uh, we'll probably continue to do what if Wednesdays and game three is one. I, I do want to go back and watch again just to see where it went wrong because Mavericks get out to that huge lead at the beginning. It was all pumped up. If they go up three Oh man, this could be totally different. And I want to start here. I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, on Twitter and obviously Twitter's reactionary and all that. And I'm sure a lot of oh, people I had, I had to get off. <laughs> I had, I had to too. A lot of people at home are also just, you know, mad and upset about and frustrated with the loss. Mavs should have won. Yeah. The Mavs could have won. They were up 2-0. Then they were up 3-2. They had multiple chances to put away this series. They had the chance. They were right there to yeah. be able to close this series. But they're also, I mean, they're right there to close this series. So let's not let's not pretend like this Mavericks team is trash and there's nothing good about, you know, all this stuff. Like the like doomsday scenario, trade everybody, right? Like I'm not there yet. They almost took down this Clippers team. And it took, Kawhi Leonard had one of the greatest like playoff, 
Bucks series that we've seen in a long time. I think it was Kirk Goldsberry that tweeted out just this graphic of uh, of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, here, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull up this graphic. Kirk Goldsberry uh, from ESPN had just this wild, like the, the <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, 200 points total scored or more on 60% from the field. The only players to do that in an NBA series are Kawhi, Shaq, Bernard King, and Kareem. Like, that's the only time Kawhi, Shaq did it in the tw- 2000 finals, which is wild. But Kawhi just had an insane playoff series. And so the Mavericks should be at least commended a little bit to to getting them to this this point. The Mavericks are not favored in any game that they played in this series. So they were the underdogs the whole way. They had, they were right there with them. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not here for the, the full doomsday scenario where, like, oh, everybody trade everybody. Now, there are definite flaws to this roster. I'm not going to yeah. go that far and say that there are not. We'll talk all about them the rest of this week. We'll focus on is Porzingis going to stay? Is Porzingis going to get traded? All that. Rick Carlisle, where does he go? Does he stay? There's questions now about his job and all that. So what ha- what happened with Josh Richardson? Like, How did Josh Richardson become unplayable in this series? Just completely unplayable in a series that he should be able to play. Like, There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to play in this series. Mm-hmm. But he became unplayable offensively. So I, I guess I kind of want to end there. It took the it took the Mavericks, uh, it it took the Clippers seven games to get rid of this Mavericks team. And if you changed the order up on the way that the Mavericks won this series, I feel like a lot of fans would be really excited about this series and be like, man, Mavericks kind of took a step forward and all that. But because they were up 2-0, because they're up three two, now there's these expectations to win and the disappointment, which I understand. Yeah, it's pretty wild when you think about the expectations part. We always talk about how expectations just change everything. And for, you know, we go into the series to where every single national media person picked the Clippers except for Royce Young <laughs> and I think Haberstro. Um, yeah. But, you know, like they weren't favored at all. Every right. single game, even when they were up 2-0, they, were, they weren't favored at bet online. Like you were pulling up the odds every podcast, it felt like. And they still weren't favored. And... You know, it got a lot of people's hopes up, right? Like we we got our hopes up, we got confident. We were like, man, we're gonna win this series. This is crazy. And it goes back and forth and it goes to that game three moment, like you said. And I thought about that so much today, just like you, of being up 30 to 11. It's <laughs> halfway through the first quarter. We're up 2-0. We're in Dallas. The place is rocking. I was in the arena. I'm like, this is insane. Like, this is like mind-boggling that. They win that game. I mean, it could be a sweep. Nick Batum even mentioned it after the game today. I saw his, his comment about it. He said, when we like that could have been a, a sweep. Yeah. And I think we learned a lot about that Clippers team that, man, they really you know, like <laughs> stood up to the occasion and Kawhi put the team on his back. And, and even, you know, in that game five, <laughs> the what? Just that I'm not going to give this Clippers team a ton of credit for winning this series, right? Like, uh, I, I, I actually, I actually do. They're role players, especially today. Like, I thought, I thought Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, like they were just dead in the water before the series, and that they hit shots. Like Reggie Jackson outperformed. Yes. Like, yeah, wh- they they hit wide open threes, man. Like they we've been did. talking about the last three three games about this Mavericks team playing this zone. You're and- not giving their role players any credit. For hitting these wide open shots, like good, they're supposed to. They're the best three point shooting team in yeah, NBA yeah. history, right? Like they, they should have won this series. So I'm not giving they them a whole bunch have, of yeah. oh they dug down deep and won this series. Like they should have been winning this series. They, you know, you I, I they if I'm giving them like the zero amount of credit, then I like take the credit away when they go down 0-2, and now I'm probably back up to like where <laughs> I'm probably back up to zero, right? <laughs> 
I, I just for like a that, team that we that so many people slam them for their mental toughness and everything. Like they're man, the they oldest just, team in the league. They're a I, they're this I get veteran it, team. Of what happened to them in the bubble <laughs> for them failing like MVP. they did and to be down like they did and like I didn't think there was any chance that they were coming back from that and they did and then they came back in game you know six in Dallas and won that in Dallas. I just thought yeah their role player. I thought if they were going to pull that off, it was going to be because of Serge Ibaka and Rajon Rondo and some like these vet guys, but they won it. And they even won today because of Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Nick Batum. Like Nick Batum's an older vet, but I was just there. We talked about going in today. Like, hey, what will be more likely? Luca dropping 50 or the role players winning the game for them today? And really, that's what happened for the Clippers. That Paul George and Kawhi combined for what? 40 points in this game, maybe. And it was all of these role players for the Clippers. And it's like, well, dang, like they just had the better roster. They just hit their shots. Yeah, right? <laughs> they just hit threes. They hit threes that were open. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too bitter now after this. But yeah. Also, Reggie Jackson. He's been in the league a while. Like I think Reggie Jackson's a yeah. Reggie Jackson's been in the league like ten years already. Man, I don't think he's like thirty three. Is he thirty one? Oh dang! Like Reggie Jackson's a vet now, right? Like Terrence yeah, Mann, Luke Kennard. Give them credit. Yeah, but the guys that like they should be doing this. They should be winning this series. So. Uh, yeah, it came down to third quarter. The Clippers go on a 24 to four run. Like that was just, that's backbreaking right there. And the Mavericks to their credit went on a run at the end of the fourth quarter and just Luca didn't have enough at the end. And so we'll get into that coming up about Luka Doncic and what he has to do to take that next step and how they almost beat this Clippers team. They almost won this game seven, but we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let's talk about indeed.com. Indeed is the job site that you need. If you are the hiring expert for your company, you need to go get it. The quality of shortlist. Uh, candidates they can provide you is better than anyone else, better than anyone else that can provide you. They have tools like Indeed's Instant Match to give you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately and their skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%, which is about what the Mavericks shot from three in this game seven. You can choose from over 130 skills tests that add to your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applicants that, that meet those requirements. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I have one almost every day. Had a Cherry Barcia one last night. They're great. The Cherry Barcia is available right now. The Mint Brownie. Uh, we did learn about the Grasshopper Cookie. Grasshopper cookie is an actual type of cookie, like snickerdoodle, snickerdoodle, yeah. or you know whatever, like oatmeal raisin. It's like a type like that. So that one was a new one that they are probably coming out with soon. They sent it to all of us to go test out. So go check out builtbar.com and see when that bar is available because you are gonna want to get it. Uh, so go check it out. Go get the mint brownie. That one's always the best. And uh, unless they have coconut brownie chunk, which, you know, we've talked about many, many times. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, LOCKED15 is the pro- is the, uh, the protein code. <laughs> the protein code for your promo bars. BuiltBar.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this game. I mentioned the big difference. 24 to run, 24 to 4 run to end the, the third quarter for the LA Clippers. That was the big one. That was the backbreaker. That was absolutely brutal for the Mavericks. And Luca 
Uh, tried to bring him back, but he couldn't. He couldn't just muster up enough in the end. We've talked about, a lot about Luca and second halves and conditioning and all that. But what was the big difference for you? Oh gosh, yeah, that that third quarter. You know, Dallas came out in the second half and they had that little mini run and they go up five. You're like, oh, let's go. Do yeah, because have- at halftime the Clippers were up seventy to sixty-two, and then the Mavericks went on their own nineteen to six run there. In, in the third quarter. And I thought that, that was awesome. Like, it was great to see them get in there. To Dorian and Tim Hardaway started to hit a couple threes then. The Mavericks went on a little run. And then the Mavericks took the lead. The 81 to 76 lead. And then yeah. after that, it just went, like, straight just downhill. Just the bottom fell <laughs> like, off. Just straight downhill until the fourth quarter where they tried to dig themselves back out again. Yeah, and, and you know, those are the moments where, you know, there's a big question for Luca right now as far as pacing and conditioning. And we, we mentioned it the other day as far as like, and I don't want to touch on this very long because Luca is the last person to talk about why they lost the series uh, because they're not even close to this without Luca just being in, on another planet. Uh, but the next stage for him is to be in like world-class shape, like a Kawhi Leonard or something, because these the, you know, the second half numbers, the fourth quarter numbers, you're, you're seeing him gas in the second half because he's having to put so much effort in the first half. And I know some we might say, OK, well, now he has to work on pacing because look at what Kawhi Leonard does in the first quarter compared to the second half. You're like, it's like he's kind of saving it a little bit. We, we've talked about LeBron before in the first quarter. He tries to get people involved and all this stuff. Luka just doesn't have that luxury because he doesn't have the teammates to allow himself to pace himself to save it for the second half. If he paced himself in the first first quarter or so, then they're down by 15, 20, whatever it is. So that's where it's like this cause and effect upgrade. The roster allows him to. <laughs> that was a great moment by Luka, by the way. <laughs> Luka, lay, liter, Luka at times was literally laying down while the wild play was happening because he was trying to get some in-game rest there. So Yeah. It's smart. It's a smart move by Luca, but that that's the that's the next phase for him because you saw in the second half he's missing the shots. He's coming up short on some of the things. It's like, man, it, they slowly start talking about on the broadcast, and that's just the next level for him. But I don't want that to be like the the dominant takeaway for this entire you know for this entire pot or anything because that's just a small thing for Luca. There's two things in this game that really stuck out to me is that, yes, Luca's conditioning. Like, let's go over the, his second half stats. First half of, you know, first halves in this series. So the entire series, game one to seven on average. Luca averaged 22.3 points. Insane, by the way, in first halves yeah. of, this, of this series. Shot 57 from the field, 51 from three, 69. Hmm. 69. Nice. From the free throw line, five assists, 2.4 turnovers, second halves of games in this series. Luka, 13.4 points. Now, any normal player with a team with another star or whatever, that might be fine. But for this team, it was just not. Uh, Shooting 40% from the field, 29% from three, and 31% from the free throw line. Like, listen to those splits again. First halves, Luka shot 57, 51, 69. Second half, 40, 29, 31 like those that right there is like the the conditioning thing right because his assist to turnover was was basically the same five to two and his defense was you know kind of lacking he was they were kind of hunting him a little bit at the end of game six we mentioned a lot they did that a little bit in this game too but that scoring and that shooting went way down the second half because of fatigue and all that so all that to say like Isaac said you can't put this on Luca and say oh well he just because he wasn't good enough he wasn't 
uh, like godly in, in, this, in the second half of this game in order to pull the Mavs over. He was one point away from tying the most points in a single game seven in NBA history. Yeah, it just goes to show you that like that there is another level for Luca that for sure already like he's already in that conversation with the best players in the world right now. But if you get him a supporting cast, some uh, some help on on the roster, it will allow himself to pace and pace himself to where yeah. then we can have these huge moments come the fourth, come playoff time at the very end of the year because that's when you're going to need Luka Doncic the most. So it, if you go. Did you want to say something about Luca? I just I just I wanted to point out two things that the Luca conversation we're talking about conditioning. Yes, Luca can be better, but also we're ta- we've talked a lot about. Uh, but Luca had to be that good to take this team to that level. He had to be yeah. that good because no one else stepped up. Richardson became unplayable. Porzingis wasn't playing like he played decently well. I thought in this in Game Seven, but the rest of the series he was just not there. And don't don't bring up they're not setting him up. They're not doing this. Like he just wasn't being aggressive in any fashion or form of the game. And if you're not doing that, and if you're not coming out to play, then uh, we, well, we had they our- changed his role. I mean, we don't really. Once they changed the role, you don't want him to be. Ag- <laughs> you don't really want him to be aggressive. They didn't want him to be. No, aggressive. but even like rebounding, yeah, rim rebound, protection, yeah. like anything like that, trying to trying to get open for three, like something, just anything. We, they weren't getting that. So, uh, and then Brunson apparently that that you know couldn't be played. Like there's just Tim Hardaway Jr. missing shots. There's just so many different things that went wrong. So that Luca had to play to this such a high level in order to get the Mavs over the top. The other thing was the three point shooting. The Mavs are so tied to their three point per- shooting percentage. And the reason why people were like, oh well, if they don't hit threes, they're not going to win, is because this team has to overcome a couple of other things. And they have to overcome the the talent deficiencies in this roster that we've been honest that we've been you know clear about there are there for sure are uh and so if you focus on those things then like uh they had they had those had those things had to be good luca had to be godly and the three-point percentage had to be like, dang near close to, like 50 percent game one 47 percent they won game two 53 percent they won came three 51 percent from three and they lost that one that was a close one game four they lost they shot 16 percent Game five, they won. They shot 39%, 32%, and 27% in games six and seven. So, but, but the reason why that it was tied so close, that their their win-loss outcome was tied so closely to the three-point percentage was because they overcome so many other facets of the, overcome, you know, facets of the game that they just couldn't. They couldn't defend at all. Yeah. And so when you can't defend, you just have to outshoot the other team. And and they just couldn't outshoot them. And, you know, right. you look at some, you know, a couple of the biggest things tonight, some huge stats. It's crazy the fact that da- this is just an insane number to think about. They outscored the Clippers in the paint by 30. Dallas in this had, game, yeah. Dallas had 62 points in the Did, paint compared to the Clippers' 32. Didn't they have which, more? They had more fast break points, too. They, yeah, they had eight fast break points. They had 23 second chance points. Yeah, How many so, offensive rebounds did they have in this game? They had 16 at one point. Yeah, but, finished with 16, and the Clippers only had eight. Like they, 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 they beat him in a bunch of other areas, but since the Clippers hit more threes, it's just. It's well, yeah, it. and it's the fact that you know I think it it would be one thing if it, if this was a Luca Kawhi duel, and you know Kawhi scored fifty, Luca had forty two, and the Clippers win the series, we would still be having the he needs help argument, but it's it's a bigger argument because it was the Clippers' help who helped them win this game. It was the twenty one you know, point difference in bench points. Dallas had six points yeah, off huge. the bench, six points off the bench for Dallas. Two guys in the top five in in six man of the year. Not yes. Tim Hardaway started, but. 
compared to 27 bench points, you know, for for the Clippers tonight and seeing Luke Kennard, you know, go and go 3 of 5 from 3, seeing Reggie Jackson hit three threes. Marcus Morris hit seven threes in this game. It's like they they found their role players to go around these guys and this is the type of flexibility you got to be able to have because, you know, Zubats plays 2 minutes in this game, two and a half minutes in this game. Guess who's not going to play two and a half minutes for the rest of the playoffs? Probably, probably Zubats, unless they play the Nets <laughs> in the finals, because he's yeah, going to have right. a massive role against Gobert. They had that flexibility because they built the roster that way. Now Dallas has to figure out there because Dallas's role players just didn't. I mean, outside of what? Okay, what Dallas role player are you walking out of Game Seven saying, "Man, all right, I, I, I'll go to war with you," like you. You <laughs> right. like you played an awesome game today. Like Dorian's the the closest one to that. To where I'm looking at saying for sure. I, like you left it all on the floor today. I mean, he had four seven from three. He had some <laughs> six offensive rebounds. Dorian, like yeah, he, he had a stretch there. I'm like, whoa, like what is happening right now? Dorian grabbing multiple offensive boards and steals and hitting a couple of threes. It's like all right, like thank you, Dorian. Let's get into that and the role players coming up. But before we do, tell you about betonline.ag. It's the place to put down some money on sports. If you saw that Bucks nets game one, the Nets really, like, outplayed them, I thought, a lot. Yeah, the, the Bucks did not shoot well from anywhere outside of the paint. And so now the Nets only a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bucks. Now, James Harden is not going to play in that game, so that one's really interesting. So if you're thinking about putting some money down, Consider that. Could be a Bucks revenge game. We'll see if they make some adjustments, see what they do. Budenholzer is having some weird lineups and didn't play Giannis you know, a lot and all that kind of stuff is still happening, so we'll see. Uh, Kevin Durant Kyrie, by the way, just they're just insane to watch. Nuggets, by the way, open at four-and-a-half-point underdog against the Suns. Suns at home, so if you're feeling that line or if you're feeling like the Nuggets can steal game one, go check that out at Bet Online. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN and get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit, so go check it out. They have all kinds of other sports, too. If you're watching on YouTube, they have baseball still, boxing, football, golf, hockey, all kinds of things. Other other basketball, too. They have some. They have Greece, Italy, Lithuania, Russia, Turkey, all kinds of different leagues that you can put money down. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, you asked about the role players. And, yeah, Dorian was my one answer. Dorian, 18 points, 10 boards, like you said, six of them on the offensive end couple of assists there for him as well and we kind of speculated if Dorian could have one of these games then the Mavericks could could go on to win they just didn't have a second guy get to 20 or 25 like honestly if Tim Hardaway Jr. had 20 instead of 11 in this game the Mavericks probably win right yeah. like, it's well, wild a- that their margin of their margin was so small and in game sevens they always are but came down to just that if he had hit what three more threes if he had gone four of nine instead of one of nine, the Mavericks probably win the game. Well, it's just wild how it's at this point in the season, and this just speaks a lot of volumes here, that when Tim has a bad game, it's just not a good sign. And yeah, I texted Nick at the beginning of the game, like, oh, Tim's off. This is an off Tim game. And this is Yeah, it's, it's bad. It isn't good because KP's just not what I feel like we just had went down. This I know it's so many ways. He's not, he's not factoring in the way that he yeah. should. Yeah. So it's like it, a lot hinges on Tim Hardaway and especially with Bron. I mean, we went into the series wondering, man, is this going to be a like break? We did a whole breakout player segment of the playoffs. And some of them like, we're like, man, is this going to be a breakout for Devin Booker or Trey young? It's like, man, it really is happening for those guys. But we had some like smaller ones like Nick Claxton, Jalen Brunson. We put Brunson in that. 
Yeah. I thought Brunson had a bigger role in this series, and he just didn't. And this is a question we'll talk about later on in the week is like how telling of this is Brunson. But this is also a conversation that in I don't know if I can word this right on the podcast in like one take here, but how much of our opinion of our role players in Dallas is based off this Clippers thing? Nick and I were talking about this before we hit record, but it's this they've played the Clippers now for what? 13, 13 games in the playoffs? 13 games in the playoffs. 13 games in the playoffs. And how much are you wrapping your playoff opinion brain about each role <laughs> player for, yeah. for the Mavericks around playing the Clippers to where who if they play any other team in the league, you know, in the Western Conference, how much does it change your opinion about a Maverick role player? Whether it's Brunson or even KP or whoever it is, to where now, like what like you see what I'm saying? They were, they were one game away in the regular season, like one Mavericks win or whatever from playing the Nuggets. And if they play the Nuggets, I think they beat the Nuggets. And then all of a sudden now we're talking all glowingly about the role players and all that, right? Like it's just so wild to think how close it was or play the Blazers or whoever, how close it was to playing a different team. But instead you play this Clippers team who have title expectations for this team because they should. They have a roster that can go win the title. And so – Man, it's just interesting to try and think about it in that context, like you said. And so now, how do we view these role players thinking about, well, the the, the Clippers tried to shut Tim Hardaway Jr. down in games three and four and, and five, right? Basically yeah. the rest of the series. After games one and two, they're like, all right, we can't leave this guy anymore. Porzingis isn't a factor, so we don't have to double him or anything. We just put one wing player on him, and he's, he's taken out. And then all of a sudden, now it's, okay, we put our attention on Tim Hardaway and put Paul George, an all-defensive guy, on him or put Kawhi on him. You know, it's like, man, what what do we take away now from the playoffs having just played the Clippers and no one else? Yeah, and I think that's a that's a real, real, real question. Yeah. As far as, like, if they go and trade, let's just say they traded Jalen Brunson in the offseason, and he goes to a, another random team, and then next year he blows up in the playoffs and has some, like, massive game off the bench, and he's like a Monte Morris for Cause somebody. Because he's, he's playing in the East and has to play, like, the Knicks or the, <laughs> the Knicks or something. And we're like, and, and like, half of Mavs Twitter's like, oh, my gosh, where was that? And it's like, well, we kind of got the unlucky card here, <laughs> drawing the Clippers two years in a row, and now Match we're forming all these uh, opinions. I will say this. There were a couple Rick decisions that for sure kind of th- threw me and playing Boban and Trey Burke like Trey Burke dusting off Trey Burke and bringing him out of like the antique shop and saying hey you're gonna be a new toy in the play bin here was like wild like that was mind-boggling for me and you know he basically looked at Josh Richardson just fumbling the ball and turning it over and saying I can't I can't watch this anymore we're, Josh we're bringing- Richardson comes in the game and and <laughs> immediately a turnover on out of bounds pass like yeah. I mean, I mean, he had a couple turnovers in this game, I think. He had two I, turnovers in six minutes. And I understand. We, we've we been clear. Like, yes, the Mavericks did lose the Richardson trade, right? Like, yes. Yes, Ma- they did. It would have been great <laughs> if the Mavericks had Seth Curry, all that for sure. Seth Curry would have been playing in the series. The point has been beaten into the ground. Like, we don't have to do this over and over again where we say, the Mavs lost this trade. Like, yeah, they did. The yeah. other part about this trade is that they tried to, to they tried to do something to fix the defense, and they tried to get get a guy that has a defensive reputation around the league and should. Like, there's no reason why Richardson shouldn't be playing in this series. You know He's what just, it reminds me of? The Rondo trade. It's like it makes at, no sense how it just didn't work, right? Like, yeah, it it, it reminds me a little bit. It, it didn't end as bad because Jay Rich is an awesome teammate. It's just yeah. they looked at a team and said, "Hey, we have this offensive guard, Jameer Nelson or Seth Curry." saying that we need to get better defensively. Let's bring in a guy who can guard opposing point guards, Rondo, Josh Richardson, and both of them just didn't work at all. 
And at least Jay Rich is a great a great teammate and a great guy. And went, at least you know. the Ronda one you had like the Carlisle disagreement. You're like, oh, we can point to something to be that's why <laughs> yeah. it didn't work, yeah, yeah. right? Like just because yeah. those two guys didn't didn't agree. But the Richardson one makes even less sense than that because he just couldn't be played offensively. He played six minutes and had two turnovers, and they were both egregious, like just both terrible. His confidence was just shot. Yeah. And whatever that I mean, whatever that came down to, but he did he did get benched at the end of the regular season. So you're like, okay, well, maybe if the coaching staff had believed in him and he goes in the playoffs with confidence, that shouldn't be on the coaching staff. They gotta play who's gonna who's gonna play well, right? It's on him to to come out. And if he wants to prove that he's gonna play, then he's gotta play well. And he just didn't this whole series. Any no. any minutes he played, I felt like were just like terrible. Did somebody tweeted out, I think that he finished he finished the series like a minus like forty. Wow. And this is the type of series that you're like, man, this is the one you would. This is the reason why they went out and traded for him because of a series like this to be able to guard somebody like Kawhi and Paul George. He couldn't do any of that. Yeah. So failed, failed experiment. And they tried and we were, we were for the trade at the time, wanted to give it time. And then uh, about two months ago, we were like, yep, this is (laughs) (laughs) the plug on that. I thought, I thought the Boban experience lasted way too long and I I get it that he was just a minus one. I get that he had what he finished with 14 and 10 uh, in the game. He shot 63% from the field. I get all of that, but, and I'm not saying like, I just personally wouldn't have went, I would have went small. And he he tinkered with it a little bit of putting KP at the five a little that's bit. That's not even small though. That's I know. The, that's I know. He tinkered that makes with no it. sense. Like, I would have I would have just taken him out and ran like Dorian and Tim and Brunson and Luca and then just like took my pick with either Jay Rich or Maxi or like something. But it just never got to that point. And he stayed big. And I just I just think that was a little bit too much. I think it threw Dallas off uh, a little bit. And what it did was it allowed. We talked about this in Game Six when they when and, the, and Game Five when they did this. Game Five, the Mavericks won, and we were like, okay. But the Mavericks are allowing a lot of open shots from this Clippers team, and eventually they're going to start hitting these threes. And guess what? In Game Five, they I hit did. threes, or Game Six, they hit threes, and in Game Seven, they shot forty six percent, hit twenty threes in this game, and that was the difference. That you played with players, fire. You played with fire with did. daring the best three point shooting team in the league to hit three-pointers Marcus Morris went seven of nine he doesn't go seven of nine if those are contested yeah and 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 you got burned with it and that that's just that's they did not get burned it was was, it's not a burn they got like they got scorched to the point of unrecognizability (laughs) that's what happened with this uh do there's so many different angles let me just ask you this this big question and since we're you know we're at the 30 minute mark no we're going long today okay well I'll still ask it Success or failure of a season? I mean, I'm still success, right? If we if we said if they won this series, then it would have been a success of a season. They took them to seven games. This team's supposed to be able to win a title. Now, if they if the Clippers go and get swept by the Jazz, maybe my opinion changes, right? Like, is it is this a 2014 year to where you you take the eventual champion to to seven games? It could you, be, could very you well lose be. and they win the title like they did the Spurs that year. Okay, this team, um, the, the Clippers are supposed to win the title. They were number three all year in the odds to win the title on like every sports book. I'm not ready to call it a success. Think about all the things that this Mavericks team went through. Like, think about the whole context context of the season. But and you're still, the- but you're still walking into the offseason saying, "Man, some big things need to change." Like, I feel like a successful season, you're not walking into the offseason saying, "Man, some massive things got to change." 
I know, but but you also you also have to look at the season in a vacuum and say, okay, lots of things have to change, and yet they did this, right? Like they took the Clippers yeah. to seven, right, and became a they were fifth seed in the West. They went up from seven to fifth, and then they and their win percentage was better. So it's not just because the West changed up, and then they took the Clippers to seven games instead of six games last year. So it's like you can't move the goalpost if we're just gonna look at this team and say, well, this team's so flawed. Yeah, this yeah, team's also I, so flawed, and they they took the Clippers to seven. So they're this, flawed. Yes, yes, the season it was a success, but now it, now we look at the offseason. We know that if it doesn't, if the Mavericks don't add talent like multiple talented players, then you look back and then you then it's a failure, right? Like not this not this season, but then the the future. See, I I just can't get there. I can't get there saying it's it's a success. I walked into the season saying the next step forward is winning a playoff series. And and they almost did that. Got to a game seven. They did, and it's incredible. It's like this weird. It's like this weird ground of like, man. I I think it's amazing where they landed. Finishing fifth after everything that happened. Like you consider everything that happened. COVID, KP stuff on and off the court. Like that whole storyline drama stuff all year. Like KP not so, playing for the first part of the season. Like I get all of that yes. and how they got there and going as the underdogs. But they're still part about as far as the bigger scale of saying as an organization not winning a playoff series. Like I, like I feel like you can praise them of saying where you got, but also say this wasn't a successful season either. Well, and it was all Luca, right? Like let's not let's let's be can let's be candid. It's all Luca, and so I consider his season a success because of what he was able to his accomplish. Success, yeah, yeah. And so then the as team succeeded. One. The team succeeded because of him. He is the team. Also, two minutes and six seconds left. The Mavericks are down seven. They hit three shots and they're winning the game, and but they couldn't. Reggie Jackson and, yeah, and Morris hit it. Reggie Jackson and Morris hit threes, and then they they didn't win. But they hit three shots in the season as a success, and they don't hit three shots, and then the Mavericks season is a failure. I, right? I like know. he comes to that's the way it comes down to sometimes. Make or but, miss league. Okay, okay. But at one point, do you? Like if you're always the seventh, if they're the seventh or eighth seed over the next three years, and they, they weren't, can, they were fifth. I'm saying, but if they are, <laughs> if they're continuously the uh, the like the complete underdog over the next two or three years, and they lose those series, are we still going to say successful season because you are the underdog and you took that team, the higher seed, to six or seven games? No, no, the goalposts right? changed, but the goalposts definitely changed for sure. But what were the goalposts this season to win a playoff series? Yes. And they that played was, against that's the, always they, been my success, but they played the hardest team that they could have played and took them to like, you, we were saying before the playoffs, like anybody, but the Clippers, please anyone, but the Clippers. And then they took the Clippers to seven. So, so do you think majority of the people in the organization are saying, Oh, that was a successful season? Well, probably, I mean, probably not. And if like, if you, that's <laughs> my thing. It's like, I feel like if you think that's a successful season, then you're walking out of the series saying, all right, we just got to tinker. Like we were a few shots away, oh, two minutes no, to go. Yeah, so, like we just have to tinker. But there's a difference between thinking that the accomplishments were a success than to, to, to be disillusioned to think that this roster is one step away from winning a title. Yeah. Now I think that there's two steps. It's Kyle Lowry and Miles Turner. If they can pull off those two moves, then I think that that's, that's a title team, but there's there, you don't have to be disillusioned to think both of those things at the same time. Yeah, because like I think Memphis is walking out saying, "Oh, successful season." Yeah, but like, their timeline is so much farther back than the Mavericks is. The Mavericks for sure. T- the that's Mavericks why, timeline got pushed forward because of how good Luca is. Now there's the expectations of, 
oh, dang, they could have gone to the Western Conference Finals this year if they had beat the Clippers and then gone on to play the Jazz, and they could have beat the Jazz, too. So now is it it's a failure if they don't get there, even though our, our expectations were them to win a first-round okay, series? <laughs> but I think it's important to say success as an organization compared to success from the players. I think the players play on the court to get them where they're at is one thing, but lumping everything together, coaching and roster making and everything into one, I don't I think, think we're talking successful. We're, I think we're talking about different things. Is the accomplishment of what this team did a success? Yes, all things considered. Is this team going to be able to take a step forward uh, the way that it's currently constructed? No. No. Right. I think those are different things to me. All right, let's put a poll out on Twitter. I, I, I'm going to go full Ted Lasso. I believe you can lose while having more points than the other team. I also think you can win by having less points than the other team. But and do the, you th- win because you're happy or are you happy <laughs> because you win? This Mavericks team won by having less points still because they, they took them to a seven. But let's not kid ourselves and say that this team is ready to, to win. No, by the way, not. today I on the road to the finals. I was going to say I was going to do it in the most like sad, somber thing at the very end. <laughs> today, on the road to the finals in which Dallas's road is over. <laughs> Our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Yeah, it's you only, can say was. <laughs> it's only worth it if you enjoy it. <laughs> and at 2.6 carbs, I probably need more carbs at this point. And 95 calories. <laughs> Did you say three, it's two. 2.6 carbs and 95 <laughs> calories. We can all, I guess, kind of enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Thanks, Do you want Michael. the Clippers to win against the Jazz or you want the Jazz to win? Nah, just give me the Jazz. <laughs> I don't care about either. I got it. Can Who he, do you want both? to win now? Like at I know, everything. I guess the Sun. A Jokic. Can Jokic win? Yeah. Jokic would be fun, even though that Dirk conversation's weird. Um Suns, Suns is okay. I mean, I don't like I don't hate the Nets like everybody else does. Me either. I said I said that during the, the Bucks game, and a bunch of people came at me and said, No, it's just you. Everyone else hates them. Like, I don't know if everyone hates them. I think everyone thinks that they hate them. I think a lot I of people the, said Kyrie is the, one of the most hateable figures in sports. I was like, who said Kyrie that? is the most like a, a bunch of people commented on that tweet that I put out and said, Kyrie is one of the most hateable players. I was like, he is. No, I don't know. Uh, I think I want the bucks to win it more than anybody. I don't think they will, but I think I want yeah, it because I just I think, want yeah, to see Giannis like do that and win it in the East and beat the net. Like that would be a good road too. like beating the heat and then the nets. And then heck you might have to beat the Hawks. <laughs> and and then whoever but like i don't dislike like utah fans are kind of annoying um clippers just don't have fans their team is just annoying in sure the nuggets i guess whoever's at the bottom i'll root for in the west like the nuggets or the suns sure let's do it right yeah that's cool. what it kind of comes down to we'll be back with a lot more like we'll talk about the playoffs still as we go on we'll obviously do a whole bunch of offseason stuff we talked about at the beginning guys Thanks so much for sticking with us through the whole playoffs. We appreciate you guys. All the late night game pop, post game pods, and all that, and sticking with us. We'll continue five days a week, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Now look, this is a sad moment right here for all of us. There ain't nothing I can say standing in front of you right now that could take that away. But please do me this favor, will you? Lift your heads up and look around this locker room. Yeah. Look at everybody else in here. And I want you to be grateful that you're going through this sad moment with all these other folks. Because I promise you, 
There is something worse out there than being sad, and that is being alone and being sad. Ain't nobody in this room alone. Sam, do you remember what animal has the shortest memory? A goldfish. That's right. It was a goldfish. Sam, what do you think we should all do once we get done being sad and or angry about this situation? I think we should all be a goldfish. I agree. Let's be sad now. Let's be sad together. And then we can be a gosh darn goldfish. Onward, forward.